0: There, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back to a special Wild Card edition of Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. My name is John Boccasino. You know the drill by now. Being joined, of course, as we always are, by Jamie D'Amico. The second year in a row, Jamie, that we get to talk about the Buffalo Bills hosting a playoff game after Buffalo secured back-to-back AFC East Divisional Championships with a 27-10 win over the New York Jets. In Week 18, the Bills get a reward of having the New England Patriots, their bitter rivals from the division, come to town on Saturday night in what can only be described as balmy conditions at the stadium. You know, Jamie, this is going to be nuts. I mean, I don't know about you, but every day since the game came out, the one thought on my mind has been, one day closer, one day
1: closer. It's exciting, isn't it? And to think that this is happening two years in a row with home playoff games makes me want to quote the great Van Miller and ask, do you believe it? You know I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how how long did Bill's fans suffer without this? And now we have this wonderful treat of a consistent team that is going to be counted on to make the playoffs repeatedly. And I just feel like we've turned a corner as fans and the team has turned a corner where they're delivering for us. And it doesn't feel like an abusive relationship anymore.
0: I mean, for all those years during the drought, yeah, you're like, why do I love this team? I mean, I love this team and we're rooting for, you know, seventh rounders like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Stevie Johnson. And we're pulling for the undrafted dudes to come out and, you know, make an impact. And our identity was Brian Mormon, our MVP punter. And, you know, like now the Bills legit have an MVP candidate, maybe not this year in, in Josh Allen, although he. His numbers are still quite superb uh, for the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, the the Bills are a wagon. I mean, what they've done on offense this year has been, you know, phenomenal, especially with the ground game. You know, Buffalo is averaging about 160 yards a game uh, over the last four weeks of the regular season or five weeks, rather, uh, of the regular season. Devin Singletary is developing into that bell cow back that the Bills so desperately need for balance. Uh, In the playoffs, they have the number one ranked defense uh, in the National Football League. Uh, Unbelievable. The stats, Jamie, this is going to be one of those games with the wild cards Saturday night where points are going to be at a premium because you've got the number one and the number two total defenses in the National Football League squaring off. The Bills, number one, the first time in 22 years that Buffalo led the league in total defense. And it wasn't just defensive stats. Are, are interesting. They can be, you know, manipulated to, you know, to prove a point. And yes, the Bills gave up the least amount of points per game of any team in the league at 17. It's actually the first time in franchise history that the Bills had the lowest scoring defense against them with only 17 points per game. They also gave up the fewest yards per game at 273, the fewest passing yards per game at 163. Think about that for a second. This is a pass-happy, pass-dominant league. And the Bills gave up 163 passing yards per game to lead the league in that category, one of seven categories the Bills led the defense in in the National Football League. I guess that means the Bills don't deserve any pro bowlers on defense.
1: Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, And, you know, at a time when 300-yard passers are really a dime a dozen, the Bills are holding their opponents to approximately half of that is a huge accomplishment. And the thing is, it, it, this is something that you really need to kind of keep in context here. The Bills have done it without a dominant pass rush. They don't have a TJ Watt or anybody on the team that's getting to double-digit sacks. They're doing it in other ways, less glamorous ways that maybe people aren't taking note of when it comes to voting for the Pro Bowl, but when you consider what's happening here, they are not allowing the opposing or the opposing offense to complete passes. They're confusing teams. The Bills actually ended up 11th in, in rushing defense efficiency, which is a surprise to a lot of people because, you know, you say, well, the Bills score a lot of points. You need to pass on them. And that's why they're ranked well. Well, yes, they weren't as good against the run, but based on rushing defense efficiency, they're in the top half of the league, nearly the top 10. This is a better defense than people give it credit for because they don't have the flashy stats.
0: They definitely do not. They lack a TJ Watt. They lack a Joey Bosa. But what they lack in the big name star power, the true NFL fans know about Ed Oliver, and the Bills fans especially know about Harrison Phillips, who has really come onto his own. Um, uh, you know, Oliver and Phillips are just absolute game wreckers they're difference makers, they're disruptive forces on the interior. And you know, Jamie, there's a lot to um get our listeners ready to and ready for when it comes to, you know, believe pre- uh previewing this big wild card game on Saturday night. But I do want to bring up a point that in my uh my crack research uh for this podcast here, I know that you mentioned the Bills are not known for getting after the quarterback. But do you know who led the NFL in sacks over the last month of the season? Is it Ed Oliver? The Buffalo Bills in general did. They had 19 sacks over the final four weeks of the season. So this is another, a couple amazing stats for you. Besides the fact that the Bills are averaging five sacks per game. Now, granted that's buoyed by the nine sack outburst that they had against the Jets, but Hey, all games count as one. It's not like you can discount, you know, Buffalo for really getting after uh, one team or another, but over the final, four games. Buffalo had more than half of their season total for hits on the quarterback with 28 and their quarterback rating against during that span is a full 10 points lower than their season average. To me, Jamie, this defense is rounding into form. They're playing with a chip on their shoulders. And I loved how after the division was clinched, Every single member of the secondary came out and was talking about Trey White and his impact on this unit and how they're motivated to do this for trey
1: oh, absolutely, and what we're starting to see is something that I thought was lacking earlier in the year, and that was the camaraderie that they showed last season and I was wondering why why aren't they coming together? Why aren't they talking about how much they love each other? Well, you know what? here it is it's coming back. This is what happened during that Tampa game they pulled together in the second half this is a team that is all rowing in the same direction please excuse please excuse the cliche that I just used but they finally got back some of that uh do it for your brother mentality that it seemed from the outside observer seemed to the outside observer that they were lacking earlier in the year and we sort of speculated on why that might be. Well, no more hot takes. It seems like the brotherhood is back, and they're showing it. And I really do like the fact that they, they're they going at it with a cause and a good one at that. They're missing one of their brothers. They're one of the, the best soldiers on that team can't be with them, and they're stepping it up, but oh, the important part of being teammates is picking each other up when they're down. Well, you can't be more down than when you're injured. They're picking him up, and it's great to see.
0: And really, you know, piggybacking off of that, <clears throat> I have been – now granted, you know, the <laughs> the Bills haven't faced a murderer's row of quarterbacks outside of, you know, Tom Brady, who they did a really good job enforcing into some rushed throws in the second half of that loss – uh, in Tampa, the overtime game, which really I think has has fueled this team's run. They close the regular season with four straight wins. They wrap up the division for the second straight year, and they get this home game on Saturday night. But Levi Wallace does not get enough credit for what he has done to really step up and take on the de facto number one cornerback role for this Buffalo Bills team. And I loved. There's a great story that Tim Graham of the Athletic put out there where. What is the first thing that we usually talk about when it comes to Levi
1: Wallace? Um, we usually talk about how he has a hard time with big receivers.
0: Oh, I was even gonna go simpler than that. That's a very good point, but I was even gonna say he has always attached with being an undrafted free agent out of Alabama, at least in my circles and you know what I read. You know, they're they're always talking about him being an undrafted rookie, an overlooked prospect. Uh, and somebody who is really like one of those breakthrough feel good stories. Well, Levi is playing with a confidence that would make Trey White proud. He said in this article that he feels he is the best off cornerback in the entire league and he's ready to rewrite his story. He's ready to rewrite the narrative as not just being somebody who is this feel good, you know, rags to riches, rise up and become this, you know, cornerback on a team and starting when he wasn't drafted. He's done with that. He wants to show and let his play on the field do the talking. And what he has done, Jamie, has been nothing short of miraculous because – Teams losing Trey White means people are going to go after your corners, your number one and your number two. It elevates everybody and the cream has to rise to the top. Well, Levi is certainly proving that he is worthy of being the number one cornerback on this team heading into the playoffs. It's been refreshing. It's been encouraging. And I think the whole team is going to get a really good introduction to playoff football with McCorkle Jones leading the Patriots in on Saturday and his noodle arm. This is a great time. <laughs> for the Bills Corners to get confident right away. Are you with me?
1: I uh, I love that you refer to him as McCorkle. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds so much dorkier than Mac, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, you know, so
0: there's a reason um, that I call him McCorkle, and I almost lost my voice during the Monday night game, but his given name is Michael McCorkle Jones, and so he instead of doesn't go with Michael, he shortened a McCorkle to Mac, and there you get the name of
1: Mac Jones. Uh, it's not a bad plan, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to see this seeing this too, because this guy is a Southerner by trade, and you know the things that you don't realize yes he's played in new england and he's had some cold weather games but things like your grip of the football uh, how do you keep warm how do you adjust for the fact that you don't have the same feeling in your fingertips when it's cold out now we um we as northerners we've all played football in the snow we know what that's like we know what it's like to try to throw a football when you're wearing ski gloves it's not a picnic now, granted, they have better equipment for that, but we're not NFL quarterbacks. If we throw an interception, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so <laughs> I know that the players are are the best equipped on the field or in the entire stadium, I should say, to deal with the cold weather. But single digits, wind chill probably below zero. I mean, nobody enjoys playing in this. The ground is harder. Um, The ball is tougher to catch, it's tougher to hold on to, Um, every hit feels worse than it did in, in the warm weather, but this is going to be a lesson for this kid, and I'm sure Bill Belichick understands that, and I'm sure they're going to try to take the ball out of his hands as much as possible, especially early in the game, and only use him when needed.
0: Like we saw during the Monday night game when they threw the ball three times and ran it 46 times. Uh, Damian Harris had that back breaking touchdown run. Uh, but I really hope, Jamie, that the Bills' defense, there's so much I want to get to with this preview podcast, but I want to start off with the defense for Buffalo and Mac Jones in particular, because Mac Jones, you know, whatever you think about him, he had a really good start to his NFL career the month of September, but he has endured some big time struggles over the last month of the season, including a really bad game against the Miami Dolphins in basically a must win situation for New England. He's thrown five picks over the last month of the season. He has not been able to throw down field with much accuracy, and he's really finally showing himself to be a rookie and not someone who is this Bill Belichick mastermind where he he finds someone, he outsmarts the league and brings in Brady's replacement. Mac Jones is proving he has a long way to go uh to even be considered anywhere near a top twenty quarterback in the National Football League. What are your thoughts on this matchup of Mac Jones against Buffalo's defense round three?
1: Well, I I think what we're seeing to speak to Mac Jones not playing well over the last month of the season is There's finally 12 games of tape on him that are out there, and also the very real rookie wall that a lot of them hit. They've been talking about even Greg Russo uh, potentially hitting that. So, you know, that's, that's something that we don't talk about often because we assume that these are professionals, but this is something that he has never done before. He's never played 17 games in a season and then gone into an 18th that's a factor. Uh the other thing is like I said, there are now 18 games, 17 games of tape on him. So teams are finally starting to figure out what he can and can't do and what needs to happen against him. Now, a better quarterback might have beaten the Buffalo Bills when the Bills and Patriots played last time. He was missing open targets. Now, was he missing open targets because he was rattled? Was he missing them because Of the cold conditions or because he's just not that accurate it's tough to say because he threw some gorgeous passes I mean his timing passes especially those that had great arc on them they they were really nice throws and very accurate but what is rattling him that's something I'm sure Leslie Frazier is spending a lot of time looking at right now and What I'm seeing is this, when you make them one-dimensional and you have players up at the line of scrimmage, I'm seeing a guy who gets slightly rattled when he doesn't know where the rush is coming from. Now, I think he has pretty good poise for a young guy, but he's still a young guy. And that's something that the, the Bills defense is very good at exploiting when it comes to rookie quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, there's a reason that <clears throat> Sean McDermott is now seven and three uh, against rookie quarterbacks in the National Football League who are starting for their teams. And Mac Jones, as efficient as he was um, over the first quarter of the season, his inefficiencies have really reared their ugly heads. Um, he's he he is. The, if you looked up in a dictionary, in my humble opinion, game manager, I think Mac Jones would be the pay, the face That you would see of what it means to be a game manager quarterback. You're right. He can make good throws. Yeah. He can you know he can direct this offense but if you rattle him if you get after him and that's where i think what the bills have done so well over this last 4 or 5 weeks of the regular season is their defense having their way with the opposing offensive lines getting in backfields and even if it means selling out to stop the run you know that if you're going to lose this game on saturday night it's not going to be because damian harris ran for a buck 75 and the patriots put up 250 yards on the ground like they did on that Monday night game. You're you're happy if you if Mac Jones is the one who takes to the air and tries to beat your team, because that's where I think Buffalo's strength goes against New England's weakness. You want Mac Jones to go to the air versus wearing down the Buffalo front four and having it be run after run after run like we saw in week 12.
1: I agree with you on that. However, that does expose something. The Bills are obviously going to try to sell out to stop the run. But what that does is brings the linebackers up toward the line of scrimmage so they can control those gaps and do the run blitzes. However, that means that when you crowd so many players up to the line of scrimmage, that leaves a lot of field open over the middle. And that can make a team extremely susceptible to play-action passes and crossing routes. So the Bills are going to have to compress their entire defense. And unlike the last time these two teams played, the Patriots are going to have a full complement of receivers on the field, including Nelson Aguilar, who didn't play at all in the last game. So it's not a foregone conclusion that – they're not going to scheme up a couple of easy throws over the middle for their young quarterback to get his feet wet, get comfortable in the game and send those linebackers running with their backs to the line of scrimmage to try to catch up to some receivers.
0: Well, luckily though Jamie, we've we've talked about this, you know, all year long. One of Buffalo's strengths in particular has been the play of the linebackers in pass coverage, particularly Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. You know, I'm not really worried about a Hunter Henry type uh, beating and burning uh, the Buffalo Bills down. He's a, a physically gifted tight end, but he has not done enough to make me really be concerned uh, about him as a viable weapon. Nikhil Harry uh, is very inconsistent and erratic. Nelson Aguilar has flashes of brilliance followed by. Drop itis where he couldn't hang on to a a cold, which would be very difficult given how freezing it's going to be uh, at the stadium on Saturday night. Um, so I'm I'm really here's my question for you, I guess, off of this, knowing that you know we know what the Patriots, we think we know what the Patriots want to do. It's ground and pound and control time of possession. Do you see the hoodie, the face of the evil empire? What adjustments do you think he's going to make with the Patriots offense, knowing that the bills are banking on it being a run heavy game plan?
1: Well, I I think that he's going to look to, he's going to look to try to exploit the edges because the linebackers are going to be playing in the middle of the field. And the other thing is misdirection. He is going to try really hard to get the linebackers and the defensive line to lose their gap integrity by acting as though a play is going one direction and then sending it the other so the the counter run plays are are going to be huge as are i i think you're going to see some moving pockets and some rollouts on the play action i think that you're going to see a, a heavy dose of play action pass and there's going to be some very Brian Dable-esque misdirection plays that are in there as well, because the Bills pursue fast, and there, is, there are ways of using that against the team, and that's what, that's what Hoodie Vader is going to, to scheme up.
0: I love it. Hoodie Vader. That's a great nickname. I'm going to keep with me when it comes to talking about the face of the evil empire. I've got all the
1: good nicknames like calling people ass face as you did me earlier via text message.
0: (laughs) I hate to do it, but you kind of had it coming, buddy.
1: I definitely did. And so the listeners know, I wrote, oh, hey, I totally forgot to respond yesterday. Yeah, I can. I can record now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> twenty four hours later
0: <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad you made the time, Jamie, as always, to come here on believe a Buffalo Bills fan podcast to talk about those Buffalo Bills and taking on the highly efficient New England Patriots on offense. The Patriots have a better offense than you would think uh, again, a lot of that is predicated on the run game and setting up the pass with the play action um you know, even. Here's the thing, Jamie, even when the Bills defeated the Patriots and they lost 14 to 10 at home and they won 33 to 21 the day after Christmas in Foxborough, but even when Buffalo sold out to stop the run, the Patriots still ran for 5.5 yards per carry. Successfully employing a lot of those heavy personnel packages and formations, bringing in a sixth offensive lineman, bringing in a fullback, bringing in an extra tight end. I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated by this part of the matchup, Jamie. The, the, the Bill Belichick versus Sean McDermott and the adjustments because at home when Buffalo lost in Week Twelve, McDermott was visibly flustered. After the game, he refused to give credit to Belichick, even though Belichick – and I hate the guy, but it was a stroke of genius to just say, all right, our quarterback cannot throw the ball. So stop us running the ball. And the Bills could not – I mean, they did, but they didn't do it enough, and they gave up that one big touchdown run. I'm curious, and I think this is where the whole game is going to really come down to on Saturday, is can McDermott outcoach Belichick? Belichick, the reason the Patriots scared a lot of Bills fans – Was he knows Buffalo so well, and he's been our tormentor for so long? Can McDermott win that coaching battle?
1: That's an interesting question, and I'm going to bring it down to some very interesting X's and O's from the last game. And this is what the Bills did. When the Patriots were bringing in their heavy personnel, meaning the sixth offensive lineman, the Bills were taking – Teron Johnson off the field, which is something they do not like to do. Teron Johnson quietly has become one of the Bills' absolute best defenders, and Belichick very clearly did not want him on the field. So what did they do? The Bills brought on A.J. Klein at linebacker. But they also brought in Saran Neal to play boundary cornerback. Now, what did that do? That brought a heavier defensive back onto the field to help play against the run, but here's the thing that we know about Saran Neal—he's not a good coverage guy. So, what do you bet that when that alignment happens with the Bills' defense this time, they're going to throw at whoever Saran is supposed to cover? And that's
0: where uh, McDermott and Frazier have to do a good job of maybe changing things up and 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 the because fr- Saran Neal is definitely somebody who can can blitz uh, off the edge. We saw that. Uh, we saw that with the whole secondary really against the Jets when Jordan Poyer had two sacks. And you've got to get creative in disguising your coverages because what what I think will frustrate Bill Belichick the most is showing how much you can change on the fly. You know, if you come in and say, hey, we're going to bring out Saran Neal, he's going to be our stopper uh, to to contain the run game. Maybe the first couple of plays, you drop him back into pass coverage and you bring somebody else off the edge. Maybe you bring a Jordan Poyer and have Neal drop back and play more of that safety role because Belichick has been around the block so much. He just knows what you're going to do, and that's why he's so frustrating as a fan to go against his teams because they always make the in-game adjustments, it seems like, to stymie Buffalo.
1: Well, you know, the hallmark of Bill Belichick is he takes away what it is that you do. And if you don't stop what he's doing, he keeps doing it. So there there's, he doesn't make a big mystery out of things. He says, okay, well um, that works. I'm going to keep doing it until it doesn't work. Happens every game when you watch the Patriots. So I'm, I'm with you on that. There's going to have to be new wrinkles that the bills come out with. And I can't think of what they will be because I'm not a football coach. <laughs> um, well,
0: I think you're going to see a lot more of the man to man defense uh, too um, by the bills. I mean, they that's that's one of the best ways you can both contain the run and play to Buffalo's strengths uh, against what the Patriots do. Well, um, here's a number for you. On the whole, the bills played man defense about 35 percent of the time this season. Obviously, in the game at, uh, at or at a high mark stadium in the, the blustery conditions, Buffalo was in man 65 percent of the time. I'm surprised that wasn't even higher, uh, given all the running the Patriots were doing. But under more normal weather conditions, they still played man about 47 percent of the time in that week 16 matchup. Mac Jones is going to have opportunities because, you know, the Bills are going to play a lot of man and there's going to be a very thin layer of defense behind the bills backers. If Klein Milano and Edmonds are all gearing up for the run, there's going to be those slants over the middle. There's going to be the tight end seam routes. There's going to be opportunities for him to take advantage of getting past Buffalo's linebackers with them being so close to the line of scrimmage. And that's where the bills have to be so creative with their defense. Because again, like we've both been talking about you do the same old, same old Belichick's going to find a way to beat you.
1: And that's that's exactly it. And those are the things that worry me at the moment is the linebackers coming up and they're being just easy tosses right over their heads for large gains. Um, I don't know if if that means that you have to bring the uh, the safeties up and try to compress the field and bet that Mac Jones can't throw it over your head or what they're going to do there, but... It's it's going to be interesting. The Bills' defense has been excellent in the latter portion of the season, albeit against some inferior opponents. But I think these guys are up for it right now. They seem ready to go, and especially with the tandem in the middle of the defensive line playing well, that's going to be the key to it all. You get a pass rush in the young quarterback space, bad things happen for the offense, and oh, that's where the turnovers begin
0: the buffalo bills defensive line really showed their stripes over the final again four or five weeks of the season that pass rush really getting to the quarterback is one of the biggest reasons why the bills had a third down defense conversion rate of a league low 20.8 percent over the final month if you're letting teams convert one out of every five third down attempts that's a pretty darn good ratio in this league and that's going to lead to a lot of opportunities for the defense to pin them back get some turnovers and get the short field and on Saturday night Jamie we haven't even talked about we've alluded to it a little bit but the weather is going to be absolutely atrocious for someone like Mac Jones who grew up in Florida and played college football at Alabama but I'm a little concerned about Josh Allen at home and I wouldn't have said this before the year started but his numbers especially at home this year have dropped. He's got I think his quarterback rating is 10 points lower at home. He does have more uh, a better touchdown to interception ratio at home than he does on the road but he's completing passes at a lower clip at home. If we're flipping the script here now and talking about Josh Allen and the offense taking on this Patriots defense, number two ranked defense in the league. Are you concerned about Josh trying between both the elements, a little bit of the wind, the cold weather, and also jittery Josh trying to force things, trying to be that hero ball that we've seen in some of those big moments? What's your take?
1: Am I concerned about those things? In a word, yes. Josh Allen is only passing for about a 50% clip in cold weather games for his career. Not good, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are in, a, in an extremely cold game, and we've you, you hit the nail on the head. We've seen some sugar high Josh Allen in the last game against the Jets. You saw Allen and his receivers not on the same page. Probably not something you want to see consistently At the end of the season. So that needs to be worked out there. But Josh Allen has been streaky this year. You know, we've seen some ups and we've seen some downs, but even in his ups, when he's playing great, he's not, he doesn't have a really high completion percentage. And this Patriots team is not a team that beats itself. So where I'm concerned is will the Bills beat themselves? And if the Bills are going to beat themselves, it's probably going to be the decision-making of Josh Allen that does it. Is he going to play within himself and within the game, or is he going to try to do more than he should out of his desire to try to will the team to victory? Because we've seen it. As Josh Allen goes, so does the team. And he's had to put the team on his back multiple times this season in order to pull out the win. Well, is the team around him going to step it up? Is he going to allow them to step it up? And is he going to play a a clean game? A clean game from Josh Allen wins. A sugar high Josh Allen game does not when you're playing a good opponent.
0: Now, here are the numbers, and Jamie alluded to it earlier. Josh Allen, who, as we all know, played his college ball at the not-so-warm locale of Wyoming, uh, and, and one of the reasons the Bills drafted him, besides his freakishly large hands and ability to throw a football over the mountains, was they thought he would do well in the wind and the adverse conditions of Orchard Park. This game on Saturday night is going to be a great litmus test for Josh Allen and can he prove that he can play in cold weather numbers here are his stats I'm going to break this down for you I know it's radio it's a podcast so numbers are a little drone a little drying and boring but they they tell a point Josh Allen has played 5 games in football that's below 40 degrees so far He is passing for almost 70 yards fewer per game in the cold weather temperatures. His completion percentage is 54.5. That's 12 points lower than in temperature above 40. He's averaging 5.7 yards per attempt compared to 7.3 above 40. His touchdown to pick ratio is pretty similar. It's 27 and 11 uh, at above 40, nine and four at below 40, but his passer rating is nearly 20 points lower. He's also running for more yards, which would make sense given the fact that in colder weather, the bills have done a better job of adjusting and not forcing that square peg into a round hole. But, it's I, I think it's getting overblown a little bit. Those numbers are not great below 40, but the Bills are only scoring three points fewer per game in 40-degree weather or colder compared to above 40. And I know every point matters, but I don't know. When I first read this article, and there's a great job, I'll give credit to the Boston Globe uh, writer, Ben Valin, put this one out here. Earlier this week, I thought after reading all this negative that it was going to be oh, and the Bills offense falls on its face uh, under 40 degree weather. But no, the Bills are still finding ways to score points and win uh, only getting three points fewer per game. So I think maybe this is a bit uh, much ado do about nothing because it's you know, it's not just like in that game against the Patriots uh, at home on Monday night. Josh Allen had was betrayed by his receivers and tight ends. You know, Stefan Diggs had a, a touchdown pass that was basically put in his bread basket. It was a tough throw. The wind was whipping up, but he still dropped it in the end zone. Dawson Knox had a couple of big drops out there. So it's not like Josh didn't put the team in position to win in these adverse elements.
1: Well, you make a good point, And dare I say, touche, sir. You, you you make a difficult point to argue with. I I, I got... I, I have no rebuttal other than to say, all right, now I feel better.
0: Well, I'm, that, that's my my whole goal here, Jamie, is to, to soothe Bills Mafia, who is getting a little bit worked up thinking about Josh Allen and his, uh, his cold weather uh, performances. I do want to say that it's been great. I, I'm sure he's going to break out the same type of gear, but when the Bills had that Monday night game, if you looked at Josh's jersey he had these seams that were cut into it where he had like almost like a pockets where he could put his hands to warm them up and keep them warm uh from the the winds whipping up there thankfully the winds are not going to be anywhere near as bad uh from what they're calling for as it was on that Monday night game but we now it turnarounds fair play we talked about Belichick and his genius uh, of, of adjusting to what you do and making in-game modifications, how do you size up the matchup of the Patriots defense led by the mastermind, the evil hoodie himself, Bill Belichick, against Josh Allen? Do you think that, you know, what what, what do you expect to see out of Brian Dable when it comes to getting this offense going? Because I was so impressed with how Josh Allen methodically led the Bills team up and down the field in that week 16 victory in Foxborough. It really was like a continuation of the Monday night game last year where the Bills just ran roughshod over the Patriots defense.
1: Well, there's a couple of things that were working in the last game. Namely, the Patriots were playing a lot of man-to-man coverage. They've been mostly a zone team this year, but I I don't remember the number. I think it was almost 60% of the time against the Bills the Patriots were in man coverage and the Bills exploited a a severe mismatch, which was Bryant, the guy who was covering Isaiah McKenzie, couldn't run with him. Now, most people can't run with Isaiah McKenzie, but they did not offer him any help with the safeties against the crossing patterns. And the crossing patterns are absolute killers against man-to-man coverage, especially when you've got a quick player like McKenzie. So, they did not fix that over the course of the game. I assume that will be fixed in the, in this game against New England on Sunday. So I think what Dable is going to wind up drawing up is he has a couple of killers out on the field against man to man coverage. Gabriel Davis is great against it and Stefan Diggs is not coverable. However, Josh Allen has not been as good against man-to-man coverage this year as he has been against zone coverage. So because of that, we know that the Patriots are going to throw a lot of man-to-man at them. So what they're going to do is you're going to see, like I said, those crossers, but you're probably going to see more pick plays from the Buffalo Bills than you would normally see because what I don't think Brian Dable wants is in cold weather, Allen to be launching the ball downfield, throwing those fastballs because they're just harder to catch in the cold weather. That's one of the ways in which I think you are going to see a little bit of a different game plan is that Dable is going to scheme up some clear out throws, patterns, getting people deep, but he's going to scheme people open for shorter passes and trying to play up the run after the catch in this game. That and also, The Bills have gained confidence in the running game. We're going to see a steady dose of Devin Singletary. I don't think that the Bills are going to be looking for the blowout out of the gate. I think they're going to want to jump ahead. But I think that they are going to put a lot of this game into the hands of the offensive line, run blocking, Ford Evans Singletary.
0: And that's a great point. And, and really, this is a, a different Bills team, uh, definitely than what we saw uh, on the Monday night game against the Patriots. Buffalo finally seems comfortable with a starting five on the offensive line uh, with, of course, you know Deion Dawkins anchoring and Ryan Bates and Mitch Morris, and Daryl Williams, and Spencer Brown. This is a confident unit along the line. They are succeeding in opening up holes for Devin Singletary to run the ball. And before I get to the the balanced offense and just how pivotal it's been for Buffalo to have success running the ball, and they're going to need to be balanced to make a deep postseason run, the Patriots are facing a cornerback shortage heading into this game that I really feel like if the Bills do what we're talking about with those quick passes, with the the underneath routes, um, the, the, the yards after the catch, letting their receivers get open downfield. The Patriots are banged up. They might not have safety Kyle Duggar, who is really the key linchpin at stopping tight ends. They also, um, even though they did bring Miles Bryant back off the COVID reserve list, um, they're missing Jalen Mills, uh, who is one of their starting cornerbacks. He is on the COVID list, which means his status is in jeopardy, along with with uh, rookie cornerback Sean Wade, the the Patriots are really going to be depleted in the secondary, which again plays into the strengths of Josh Allen and what he wants to do with this offense and capitalizing. So I think there's some momentum to be had and some opportunities to be taken advantage of when it comes to the passing game.
1: Absolutely. And do we know if Jalen Mills is going to be out for the game or is that still up in the air?
0: It's still up in the air. Um, Now, The report I have was that on Wednesday he was placed on the COVID reserve list, which I believe uh, his status is definitely in jeopardy. There's no doubt about it, given the turnaround time. Um, So they've got a couple of secondary members. So even if Mills is activated... He's going to have missed out on practice for the entire week, so there's going to be rust, and there's going to be a layoff time that's going to make it so he's not as sharp as he normally
1: is. Yes, and listed as questionable on the defense of New England is Christian Barmore, the excellent defensive tackle, uh, Lawrence Guy, Dante Hightower, Kyle Duggar, along with Jalen Mills. Those are a lot of good players who are banged up. And that definitely plays to the Bills' advantage, especially considering the Bills are relatively healthy right now, with the exception of a couple of their season-ending uh, injuries that have happened. So, yes, there is an excellent opportunity for the Bills to be able to throw on New England. And it's going to make it tough on the Patriots because they are likely going to want to play man coverage like they did last time. They may not, may not have the guns to do it, J.C. Jackson is an all-world corner, so you know he's going to duke it out with with Stephon Diggs, who has had pretty good success against Jackson so far. Um, but if Mills is out of the game, that opens up a great opportunity for both Emmanuel Sanders and Gabriel Davis. I think that you hit
0: the nail on the head, Jamie, when it comes to the Bills on paper have the more talented offense of the two teams. And I think the Bills have the more talented defense, especially when the Patriots get all this credit for being a top flight defense. And they are number two in scoring defense and they're no slouches, but they can be had... On the ground game, too, Um, over the last seven weeks of the season, the Patriots are giving up the seventh most yards per carry to opponents, and their run defense has fallen from eighth in the league to 22nd. There have been some suspect backs that have really torched this Patriots defense, and with Christian Barmore uh, being listed as questionable, there were 11 players who had a questionable status Uh, the last time I checked the injury report. The Patriots are not healthy. The Bills are perfectly healthy. And when you factor in how well the ground game has worked for Buffalo with Devin Singletary, I hope that the Bills opening drive is like an eight and a half, nine minute, you know, 15 play drive, Devin Singletary for six yards, Devin Singletary for seven yards, you know, Gabe Davis for 12 yards and just chip away. That would set such a great tone for this wild card game ending in a touchdown. The
1: statistics bear out that Josh Allen is at his best when they're doing play action. So you get that running game started against the, uh, the banged up defensive line, bring those linebackers up to the close to the line of scrimmage and then start going after the, uh, the defensive backs that are nursing injuries against that Patriots team. That is the recipe for success. Period.
0: So we've talked about it, Jamie, from almost all angles, Um, You know, the the Bills have the weapons on offense. The Patriots are a little banged up. Uh, The Bills are playing at home. Uh, The weather is going to be very uh, miserable and uncomfortable. Uh, Wind chills below. uh, The the, the temperature is going to be around zero. Uh, Freezing wind chill below zero uh, with the winds about 10 to 15 miles per hour out there. These are two teams that know each other very well, having split the season series this year. Um, I'm hoping that Matt Hawk uh, spent a lot of time learning how to kick a football again because he was atrocious the last time the Bills had a cold weather game against the Jets, and that's really going to be a huge factor. The Bills need to punt when they do punt. They need to pin the Patriots deep and not have these net yard punts of 8, 12, or 15 yards like Hawk had the other day.
1: Well, I mean, if he has another day like that, he's probably going to be run out of Buffalo with a crowd of people's pitchforks chasing him. But hey, he's a good holder.
0: That That's his one saving grace so far, as he has done a great job of holding for Tyler Bass on the extra points and the field goals. It's going to be a dynamic, electric atmosphere at Highmark Stadium. Jamie, let's put a bow on this podcast. What is your score prediction for this wild card game?
1: Okay, so I think that the Buffalo Bills are ready to make a deep run, and they've been pulling it together. However, I am having trouble with the inconsistency that the Bills have shown all season. I don't know what bills I'm going to get, but I do have a pretty good idea of what Patriots I'm going to get. So that makes the prediction a little bit more difficult, but something about this bills team has told me that they have a one and done written all over them. John, I don't think the bills are going to win this.
0: All right. So tell us a score.
1: I think we're going to see a score of something around 23, 17, in favor of the bad guys.
0: You can direct all of your hate tweets at Jamie at the Jamie D'Amico on Twitter for picking the Patriots to win this rubber match. I I, look, I get where you're coming from. And there's definitely trepidation uh, when it comes to seeing the, you know, the Bill Belichick on the other side of the field, coaching a team against Buffalo. But I just I don't see the Bills losing this game. The fact that There were 10 or so plays in that Monday night game that the Bills should have converted, should have made, and they should have won that game. They were 1 of 4 in the red zone. They've shored up their red zone offense. They are one of the best red zone defense teams in the league. I think the Patriots, when they move, they'll get field goals, not touchdowns, and I think the Bills are going to find a way to pull this one out. I'm going to go 17-10. Buffalo wins a low-scoring affair and advances. Again, I get your concerns but I just color me optimistic. I think the bills are going to take this one home and I would be shocked if uh, Buffalo comes out flat and, and, and makes these mistakes. The bills are going to do everything they can to minimize their mistakes and not make those reckless passes. And you're not going to see Josh trying to heave it 60 yards downfield Uh, into a cutting win. So I'm going to say Buffalo wins 17 to 10 and they advance. This will most likely be the very last home game that the bills get this year. So make sure you're out there and enjoying it. Bills mafia be safe wear lots of layers uh, be careful out there in these elements. And if you want to get involved in our podcast, please uh, tweet at us. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico and I am at John Boccasino. Jamie, thanks as always, buddy. Buddy,
1: have a great time at the game and stay warm
0: win or lose, you can come check out the next week's episode of Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Make sure you listen to our episodes and have a great time if you're going to the game and go Bills.